0: Good afternoon, everyone. So happy to have you with us. I'm your host, Dwight Henry. This is The Chat. Glad that you could be with us today, and you are going to be glad also when you get to hear more from uh, the guest that uh, some of you met last week. Many of you know already uh, he's my longtime friend, my brother in the Lord, my mentor. Jim Rogers is with me again today. Good afternoon, Jim. Good afternoon, Dwight. I I look forward to uh, picking up right where we left off last week. Really, I'll be glad to. We uh, we talked about your life, your, your calling into the ministry generally, then specifically we spent a lot of time talking about a precious woman who you referred to your life, all your life, as my Molly, married almost, uh, you said, lacking just a month or so, being 65 years. Amen. And mm-hmm. then went to be with the Lord. She did about 14 months ago. And what kind of impact and influence you had on your life and how your ministry started. I got to know you, Jim, when when I came here in the early 70s. I came as a tech student. My plan was to graduate and go home. I did finally manage to graduate. I crammed four years of study into five. <laughs> yeah. uh, but I never did go home. This has become my home. But I got to know about Jim Rogers relatively quickly moving in, in Christian and church circles, and I got to know you on a personal level. Uh, let's, let's move. And When we talked last week, we talked about – your ministry in Indiana, your ministry in Jackson. How did you How did you get to this neck of the woods? How did that all happen? Well, I had some very dear friends here, people that were
1: great people. At, uh, the Richardson family, Gary and Judy Richardson. Yeah. Did you know them? I knew Gary. Sure did know both. Yeah. yeah. Well, Gary died, uh, I guess it was a couple of months ago. He died with uh, this virus. And, uh, he had been a very healthy person. Uh, he had been a medic in Vietnam, uh, but he was a devout Christian man. <clears throat> and it, I had known them in Michigan, and uh, it was because of them <clears throat> moving to Cookville that uh, I flew in here. I had my own airplane, and, and I flew into uh the area, right where the high school is now. Sure.
0: yeah. That's where the, the airport was. Yeah, that's yeah, right.
1: And uh, I, I flew in there to meet them, and, and uh, it was the first time I'd ever been to Cookville, and and boy, I like this what place. What year was that?
0: Oh. Roughly. Oh, good, lands. 60s, 70s?
1: Yeah, probably, yeah. It was okay. a, in the 60s, I would okay. say. All right. And um, – I, t- I took a liking to the place, and so uh, later on, Gary and Richard, uh, Gary and Judy, were part of a church here, and we visited that church. And uh, the Sunday that I visited there, a lady came up to me after services and said. Uh, The Lord told me that you are supposed to be the pastor of this church. She didn't know me from Adam. And this was your first visit? My first visit. She didn't know know your name. My name was not mentioned at all. Wow. And um, and she came up to me, and she said that. And I said to her, well, if the Lord tells me what he's told you, then I'll be happy to do that. But... um, didn't think, in the, not thinking the Lord would. <laughs> no, and uh, and then some other people came up to me later and said virtually the same thing. Well, I just assumed she had been talking to those people. Apparently she had not, but I came here uh, to be a part of that church, and, uh,
0: and I've been here now for all these years wow. since then. And did and, – and, and you know, I don't know, did, did you end up pastoring, ministering at that church? Yeah, yeah. Okay. Yeah, and stayed there for five years.
1: And uh, and then I, I left there and
0: went to other churches. Sure Talk But, but, but you're – I mean, this is an incredible thing. And I've had – you have those things happen to you from time to time. You didn't know this lady. She didn't know you. Uh, And she walks up to you and says, the Lord spoke to me and said, you're, you're to be the pastor here. Uh, that that's that doesn't that doesn't happen, and you end up being the pastor there. Now that's yeah. either y'all are either way off, or that was God. I mean, you know, Cause yeah. I, I, You know, because I will say that because maybe there's some folks listening right now that in their heart they believe they're hearing something, and maybe they've uh, maybe they uh, have witnessed. Uh, you know, maybe other people have told them just like like they did you. Well, had had it? What what finally, Jim, made you caused you to say she was right. I need to take this step. How did you come to that decision? I'd like to be able to tell you that it was all the Lord's
1: leading. Okay. But he had to lead me through circumstances because I'm kind of hard-headed. And he did not just come out right to me and say, I want you to do this. But he led me through circumstances to, to let me know that that's what he wanted me to do. And once I found out that's what he wanted me to do, that's what I wanted to do. And uh, I stayed there for five
0: years with that particular church. Now he, and the Bible the Bible says he will give us the desires of our heart. And as I studied that verse, Jim, I, come, I came to realize I used to see that verse and I would say I will have a desire and God will give me that desire, but it's better than that. That word desire, as I'm sure you know, means of the Father. He not only grants it; he it's his desire that he puts in you. And once you and once you came to the conclusion that's what he wanted to do, then you had that desire. Am I right about that? Yeah, the the desire to preach the gospel
1: can be so heavy on a person that you know that that that's what he's called you to do. I have often felt like, um. Well, here I am, 85 years old, and I feel like I need to let somebody young come in and take over because I have to write out all of my notes. I manuscript all of my sermons to get them ready to go. Why not let somebody come in who who has such contact with the Holy Spirit that they can get up and, and speak it from their hearts without having to write it down? Why not let somebody younger to do that? But there is this knowing in me that wants to tell the gospel story, and so I keep telling that gospel story
0: wow. over and over again. And we've got about a minute left before the break. Synopsis, what is the gospel story? It's all about Jesus. <laughs>
1: you know, I started out my ministry talking all about the church and how right the church was and how wrong everybody was that was different from me it's not all about me it's not about me at all it's all
0: about jesus absolutely absolutely that's what that's what the apostle paul says jesus christ and him crucified and that's what he preached all the time Uh, i am so glad that you are with us this afternoon Uh, i'm uh, your host Rod henry with the chat my guest is jim rogers And we'll have more of my conversation with Jim when we return in just a moment. My guest today on the chat, my good friend, longtime friend, Jim Rogers. We're talking about Jim's life and ministry, his precious bride, my Molly, who has been with the Lord now for, in terms of earth time, 14 months. Uh, His calling, his walk, his arriving in Cookville, Tennessee. And your life, as you and I were just talking, Jim, off the air, your life has been about my God and I. That's what, that's what it's been about. It's been, yes. You walk that way, and there is a song by that same title that means a lot to you. Talk about that.
1: Yeah. As a matter of fact, I can't get that song off of my mind. And and where I'm going to church now, uh, I asked them, do you know that song? And not a person there has ever heard that song before. And yet it was one that many years ago was very commonly used in churches. It uh, is a song that was written by an ostrich, A-U-S-T-R-I-S-A, Weetal, W-I-H-T-O-L, and the song is called My God and I. And the first stanza goes like this. My God and I go in the field together. We walk and talk as good friends should and do. We clasp our hands, our voices ring with laughter. My God and I walk through the meadows here and that the last two lines of that stanza are repeated and then the st- second stanza is the one that really speaks to me it says he tells me of the years that went before me when heavenly plans were made for me to be when all was but a dream of a dream of dim conception to come to life earth's verdant glory see Now, I had begun to realize that God had plans for my life before I was even conceived. And so that verse spoke to me. He tells me of the years that went before me. He, He knew about me before me when heavenly plans were made for me to be. God planned for my life before I was conceived when all was but a dream of dim conception to come to life's earth's verdant glory sea. My God had me in mind. Um, I was born on July ninth, 1935. The way I have it pictured, and everybody's going to say, this guy is sure enough crazy, and, (laughs) and I'll be the first to agree with him. I believe the Lord looked at that little baby boy, me, and said, there's trouble. I'm going to have to have somebody really special for him. And he got to looking around all over the country, all over the world, and there was nobody fit. And so he had to come up with somebody. And there was this girl who had just graduated from high school, and she had taken a job with a tea company, traveling, selling tea all over the country, uh, with some other girls. And she met a guy by the name of Palace Palmer, who was a saxophone player in Kansas City, Missouri. And she went to the nightclub where he was uh, he was playing in a band, and she got acquainted with him, and she fell for him, and the Lord put them together. And that's where my Molly came from. Wow. Those are Molly's parents? That's my Molly's parents. Oh. And then I got acquainted with her when her daddy had gone into the Army during World War Two, and he was in Europe, and because he was gone, Molly's mother took Molly and herself back to Jackson, Tennessee, our hometown, and after the war was over, her dad just settled in Jackson. Rather than moving them back to Missouri, he just settled there, and that's how I came to be acquainted with my Molly. Wow. The Lord had his
0: hand in the whole thing, yes he did, and he I mean he knows the end from the beginning he yeah. i mean and everything is present to him, and so she that's how she came to be in Jackson, you were in jackson, and uh wow that that is an incredible story and 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 uh when you're fourteen years later, you meet her right
1: yeah, yeah,
0: right, um meet her, I met her at the skating rink, as I
1: told you last week, and, yeah, um. And uh,
0: we knew the Lord was involved in it. I've got to ask you this now. I couldn't let the show go by without. That. Were you a good skater? <laughs> well, could you skate backwards? Oh, and, and
1: sometimes upside down. <laughs> I <I'd laughs> some of that yeah. on my butt. <laughs> uh, but. Um, what attracted her to me, what got her attention to me, was that I was a show off on my skates. Oh, okay. I, so I had my own, bit, yeah. I had my own skates and everything, and I would skate backwards and everything. But I was down by where the uh, people would put the skates on the the shoes of people when they would come in, and I was just standing there, and all of a sudden, my feet were up in front of my eyes and and my backside was on its way down and I was struggling to keep from falling and I was putting on quite a show there and, and it was quite a show because I was used to being a pretty good skater out there and here I was trying to keep from falling and I tried unsuccessfully well she was up in the stands just watching and she saw that happen and so after a few minutes, the, the, on the announcement, on the, on the, uh, uh announce, the announcer would say, uh, it's now ladies' choice. And so at Lady's Choice, she came and invited me to skate. And she wouldn't have even noticed me if I hadn't gone.
0: <laughs> so all things do work together for good.
1: Yeah. Amen. Even, yeah. Even
0: even when you take a spill on the skates <laughs> and the right ladies. And so is that literally uh, is that literally how you first met? I mean, is that your first encounter with her? I mean, when she saw you uh, take a spill on the skates and she's uh, Lady's Choice. And was that your first time you would talk to her? It's the first time I'd ever talked to her. I had seen her
1: one time before, and uh, and I thought she was an awfully cute little girl, but I didn't have any idea who she was, and uh, then I learned about her, and I fell for her.
0: Hook, line, and sink. Wow, and she would become your wife on this earth for almost 65 years. Yeah. She would become my Molly and a great, great influence in your life. Jim Rogers is my guest today on the chat. We've got another segment we're going to spend with Jim. I hope you'll stay with us. You'll enjoy it. This is the chat on 94.1 FM and AM 1600. Happy to have you with us this afternoon. I'm your host, Dwight Henry. This is The Chat. We're talking to my longtime friend and Christian brother, Jim Rogers. Jim, what a great story of how you had your first conversation with my Molly, and it all happened because you had a tumble on a pair of skates, you know? Yeah. Yeah, what what the skates meant for evil, the Lord meant for good, right? (laughs) Amen.
1: Yeah. Yeah. She noticed me because I fell physically, and then I fell hard (laughs) <laughs> otherwise i fell for her it took some time for that to happen but uh,
0: by the time i was 15 years old i knew that was the girl for me and we talked a little bit earlier about your you arriving here due to some friends of yours in cookville we talked about uh the first time you attended church with them a lady said to you i believe the lord has said to me you're to pastor this church you ultimately decided that that was god's will for your life you ended up pastoring that church you pastored that church for 5 years and then you've been here since that time uh what what do you remember that particular i want to ask you about you know what happened after that but what were the takeaways from that church i mean you were you become after you you'd ministered in other places but here in kuvu had you decided by then that this is pretty much where you wanted to to spend your life i mean what was happening during that during and after that 5 years of ministry of course, I, I was
1: a pilot, and I was, I was getting around all over the country, and I was speaking at churches all over the country. And I would always come back here because I wanted to be here. And not only that, my Molly loved it here. Now, we were originally from Jackson, Tennessee. I was actually raised way out in the country from Jackson, but we had moved close to town, and that's when I met my Molly. But I i knew I did not want to go back where I came from. I wanted to come here and stay, and I think that
0: that was what the Lord wanted me to do. So when you got here, you ministered there five years, and then, and then you, of course, you continued, as you are even to this day, uh, being used by the Lord to minister. What happened next? You, you've you've you served in— uh, a number of places here, not only just various kinds of ministry, but from the pulpit. Talk about talk about uh, what happened after that five years.
1: Well, I, I
0: some people knew I was writing for the newspaper. I've always oh, I remember that. Yeah, yeah. you had the regular articles in the Herald Citizen. Well,
1: I, I wrote a column called Jim's Gems, Gems. Yeah, then and I wrote that for a little over fifty years. Now it wasn't every week for a while. Um and then I I wrote for the Indianapolis Star, I think it was called. The uh, I wrote for the Detroit Free Press. I wrote for the Memphis Press Cemetery. I put a bunch of newspapers out of business. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but um I came <laughs> I came here and uh submitted some articles and uh, and they printed them. And uh, and it wound up I had eighteen different newspapers that printed my articles at one time, uh, but uh, I've, I had to quit that because of Molly's health. Yeah, um, I, I never would say I studied journalism some in college, but um, I was not really a journalist. I I was not a great writer. Uh we have some people like Jenny Ivey who is here who that lady can write. Now. Yes, she can. Um and and there are some others here who are really good writers and and I wasn't in that category, I didn't feel like but but I still wrote and I did the best I could and and I still have people come up to me, although it's it's been two years now since I last published an article. Uh I still have people come up to me and say I miss your articles.
0: And that makes me feel good. I'm sure it does. But you continue to have and you continue to have this day. You talked about, you know, I don't know that you phrased it this way early in the show, the fire and the fire in your bones yeah. to, to, to share the gospel. Amen. And, and that's that's there now, isn't it, Jim?
1: Yes. Amen. Yeah. Although I feel like I need to get out of the way of younger people um and let them come in and and let the fire come out of their bones. Yeah. Um I still want to share the message of Jesus Christ and uh and I I'm too old to do a lot, but there's still some things I can do
0: and I want to do whatever I can. Looking back, and you mentioned in our in our show last week, uh, 85 years young, a lot of that life was spent in ministry. 65 years of it, or so, spent with my Molly on this earth. I mean, and and I know I, I'm sitting here in the studio right now with uh, more than you even know, having you're having influence on my life. I mean, I remember when I got to town as a as a tech student, I was just getting my. Uh, I came to the Lord, and I was 13. Uh, there were some years in late high school, early college when I was at a community college in, in another part of the state. If somebody had accused me of being a Christian, there wouldn't have been enough evidence to convict me. <laughs> yeah. But thanks to influence of men like yourself and others when I got to this area, uh, you know, I began to get spiritually stabilized again. Um, what, how, do, how do you feel now at age 85 looking back when you take a deep breath and say, you know, what are you most thankful for and, and uh, what do you, are the big moments of your life? I think
1: the big moments of my life are on my knees. Every night I go to the Lord in prayer. I get on my knees to pray. I have a recliner in my living room, and I put my head in the seat of that recliner and my knees where my feet normally go, and I spend a lot of time talking to the Lord there every night that comes, seven nights a week. And then I get up, and I get ready for bed, and I sit on the side of the bed, and I start talking about my personal needs. To that time, I've been talking about the needs of other people who have requested for me to pray for them. I have 13 pages of names of uh, of people who have requested prayer. And I pray for them every night that comes. But then I go back, and I sit on the side of my bed, and I start talking to the Lord about me. And that's my best time in prayer. Wow. Jesus called the father, Abba. Yeah. Papa. Daddy. He's my daddy. He loves me as one of his kids, and he takes care of his kids and I'm so very thankful that he does.
0: Jim, I can't tell you how good it has been to uh, be with you on these shows the last couple of weeks, to meet with you again, to talk with you again. Thank you so much. You've been a blessing to me, and I know you have to this audience. Thank you, sir. Thank you for the opportunity. Jim Rogers has been our guest. Be sure to join us next week, same time, for the chat on News Talk 94.1 at AM 1600.